Amen. God is good, is He not? Amen. Amen. Give Him thanks and praise today, would you? Let's praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God for His goodness to us. I'm in a series this month of Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. It's entitled, Give Thanks. And you know what? Let's do that right now. Let's just thank the Lord again. I'm, I'm trying to get you going, okay? You, you need to learn how to give thanks to God. Uh, the first Sunday of this month, I started this series on giving thanks. We talked about that one leper who was healed out of 10 lepers. Only one of them came back to actually give thanks and gratitude to God. And that Sunday morning, you wrote down one thing that you were thankful for, and you brought it to the Lord, and you laid it at His feet, and you gave Him thanks and praise. And we have those up here. Uh, I'm just, each week I've been reading a few of these. I'm just, I'm just pulling them out randomly. I'm going to read what you're thankful for. Jesus is sacrifice. Well, I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Let me pull another one out. Just randomly pulling one. Thank God for life. Well, I'm glad to be alive, aren't you? Come on. Apparently you're not. All right. I don't want to ignore you people over here, so let's just pull a couple from over here. How about that one right there? Let's see what that one says. Salvation. I mean, you can't thank God enough for salvation. He saved us. He's redeemed us. Thank God for salvation. One more that I'm going to pull out. I like this one. I'm thankful for this church. You know what I am too. I'm thankful for my church family. Wow. In fact, I am so thankful this morning. I'm just, my heart is filled with gratitude. I'm happy. Thank you, Lord. Man, thank you. I have so much to be thankful for. But you know what? The, the one thing I am the most thankful for, a picture is better than a thousand words. Let me show you. Let me show you what I'm thankful for right here. There's, oh, my lands. There she is. Oh, oh, my. That's Ella Jane. That's my grandbaby. I, I wasn't here last Sunday. I had to leave after the first service because she was being born. I think uh, uh, Tyler and Whitney are watching live stream right now. Let me tell you something, baby. She is as pretty as you were when you were born. She's absolutely perfect. I, I love her so much. And I'm so thankful for her. She's absolutely perfect. Uh, ten toes, ten fingers. She's perfect. All right? She, she absolutely is gorgeous. Uh, her daddy is part Indian, so she's my little Indian girl. I call her little Pocahontas, all right? And she's just, she's absolutely wonderful. She's a blessing. I am thankful for Ella Jane. Yeah. Got another picture. Got another picture. Yeah, look at that. That was in the hospital room right there. Ella Jane is with her two favorite people in the entire world. She, she is with Poe and Lolo right there. Man, I am so thankful today, aren't you? Thank you, God. Thank you so much for everything you've given us. Well, when I started this series, I was thinking about the passage I'm preaching today. In fact, I've waited until the Sunday before Thanksgiving to give you this message from 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5 and verse number 18. Here's what Paul wrote. He said, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. 
Even when you don't feel like it, you have the basis of praise and giving thanks to God. So in everything, church, give thanks. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Lord, teach us this principle today. Help us to obey this truth. Help us to be thankful in all things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For you or me, it would have been as if our car had been stolen. For this single mother, living in Africa's impoverished wasteland, it was her donkey. It went missing right at harvest time, and she searched for it high and low, but could not find it. She even went to the local police, but they were no help in helping her find her lost donkey. So she made it an item of prayer. And put it in the Lord's hands. Because that is all she could do. Meanwhile, this single mother faced another problem. Due to a lack of good seed, fertilizer, and adequate rain, her crops were meager and her harvest was small. She had very little money for food. And so she found herself praying more for daily bread than for her missing donkey. She was worried about how she would feed her children. So she made it an item of prayer and put it in the Lord's hands because that's all she knew to do. One morning, soon thereafter, she walked out of her small hut and guess what was standing there to greet her? Her missing donkey. It had a hundred pound sack of meal on its back. She wasn't sure really what to do because while she was glad to have her donkey back, she didn't want to take someone else's grain. But soon the story was pieced together. A thief had stolen her donkey and was using it at his own farm. One night after grinding his corn, he went to the local beer hall to have a beer and left the donkey outside with a hundred pound sack of grain on its back. The donkey realized it was close to home. And so it just wandered back home where it knew it would be taken care of. And the thief, wishing to remain anonymous, didn't want to claim his grain. And so this dear lady was able to feed her family. Two disappointments became a pair of blessings as God answered both prayer requests in a very unusual way. And church, that leads us right back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When your donkey is taken, you can give thanks. When you don't have an adequate harvest, you can give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This verse brings out two elements of a thankful spirit. And so here's one, number one. Thanksgiving is restoration to the soul. Come on, people. Come on. Thanksgiving restores our soul. It was the writer of Psalms 23 who once claimed this about the Lord. He said, God restores my soul. And I think the clear implication is that sometimes our souls get out of whack. 
Has your, has your soul ever gotten out of whack? Sometimes our emotions get out of kilter. But in the last part of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is teaching us how we can keep our emotions and our spirits in a healthy state. Now, guys, real practical here. I don't like it when, when my heart and my emotions and my spirits become disgruntled, disgruntled and, and are not in a healthy state. So I'm always looking for ways to improve that. And here's the antidote. Here, here's the remedy right here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let me start reading in verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. Come on, people. i got to jumpstart you every time. He who calls you is faithful. And he will also do it. He can do it, man. So here is a recipe for both mental and spiritual health. And you know what? Rat smack dab in the middle of it is this admonition to give thanks for all things. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so this morning I want to suggest that a thankful attitude is restoration to your soul. And it is the opposite of, and it is the cure for, two different emotional ailments that all of us suffer in life. What am I talking about? Well, listen to number one. Thanksgiving is the opposite of disgruntlement. You think about it. Thankfulness is the opposite of being disgruntled. And when you're disgruntled, you know what? You're discontent. You're not content with a cotton-picking thing, are you? And you have a sour spirit, and everybody sees it around you, and you stink, and you're not any fun to be with. You know what I'm talking about? And, and I'm going to just tell you this from personal experience. It is so easy for us to become disgruntled and discontented. And we can do it at the drop of a hat. You know, I, I really think it all just comes back to a choice that we make. We, we make a choice. We are either going to be disgruntled or we are going to be thankful. In fact, I know because I've been pastoring well over 35 years 
in my life. I, I know churches, I know people, I know services, and, and I know this. This morning in this service, the 1030 service, uh, two different people would come into this service, two, two different people here, but they have come with a different spirit and a different attitude. They parked in the same parking lot, one on either side, and they walked in the same doors and they entered into this building, but they, they have two different perspectives on what's happening here. One person came in and they looked, they just came in, they said, wow, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I have such a beautiful church to come to. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for that new stage design. Man, that is so fantastic. That is so pretty. It, it really sets the mode for worship. Thank you, Lord, that we have good, good people in our church who can do things like that and put that. Thank you, Lord, for the music. Woo! I want to praise the Lord and sing today. It is such, it is such a good thing to be able to sing praises to God. And I'll tell you what, our worship team, they just lead us right into the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. I want to sing to you, Jesus. And then the preacher gets up there and they say, man, he's looking sharp today. Boy, I tell you what, that preacher, he's, he's styling in his Thanksgiving outfit. Man, he's looking, he's looking so good. And man, I tell you what's even better is the word he's preaching. Thank you, God, for the word of God. Thank you for the truth that I'm hearing today because I know it is the truth of God that sets me free. Thank you, Jesus. And then when the invitation is given, you know what? They don't sit in their pew. They come down here to the altar because they want to give their life as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And so they bring their praises down to God. They lay out their thanksgiving to the Lord and they worship the Lord at the altar. When that is over with, they go back to their pew and the offering is taken up and they say, Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to give today. And they give their tithe and offering with the spirit of gratitude because they know it is more more blessed to give than to receive. And you know what? They're so overwhelmed with the goodness of God and want to be a blessing to others, they pull out their checkbook and they write another check for adopt a family. Because they know that just with $300, they can adopt a family and provide Christmas for a family. And God has been so good to them, and they want to just extend that blessing to someone else. And so they give an extra gift of worship today. And when they leave this place, they are a whole lot better than when they came. They're skipping and they're dancing and they're praising the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo! I, I said there's two people, right? I won't take as long with the second one. But you know what? They, they, come, they come in the same door and they enter into the same building. And they look around and say, how much money is this church going to keep spending on different stage designs? That's absolutely ridiculous. And when the praise starts and the singing begins, they don't sing thanks to God. They're, they're listening for sour notes from the praise team. They're just waiting for somebody to mess up. And then when the preacher gets up to preach, they don't want to hear what he has to say. In fact, they're thinking to themselves, when is that dude going to shut up and sit down? When the invitation is given, they don't come and give thanks to God. They sit in their pew and they just keep soaking and souring and stinking. And when the offering plate is passed, they're certainly not going to give anything because they think to themselves, God didn't earn this money, I did. And I'm going to keep it for myself. And you know what? When they walk out of this building, they leave just as sour and discontented as when they came. Both types of people are here today. It's your choice on which one you are. 
I read something this past week that really motivated me. This man wrote, I am thankful. Listen to what he was thankful for. And it's all in your perspective. He said, I am thankful for clothes that fit just a little bit too snug. Because it means I've had plenty to eat. Woohoo! I'm thankful for all the complaining I hear about the government because it means that I have freedom of speech. I am thankful for the alarm clock that goes off early in the morning because it reminds me I'm alive. <laughs> and I get to live another day. I'm thankful for my teenager who is not doing his chores but is sitting in front of the TV. Because it means that at least he's home and out, not out roaming on the streets. I'm thankful for the taxes I have to pay because it means I'm gainfully employed. I'm thankful for the lawn that needs to be mowed. The windows that need to be cleaned. The gutters that need repair. Because it means I have a house to live in. I am thankful for the parking spot on the far side of the parking lot. Because it means I have the ability to walk and God has provided me with transportation. Woo! You know what? It's a matter of perspective. And I can tell you that thanksgiving, giving thanks, is the exact opposite of discontentment and also disgruntlement. But number two, thanksgiving is the opposite of worry and anxiety. We learn this by noticing two very important words in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Philippians 4, verse 6. Here's what Paul said. I think we're going to throw it up. There it is. He says, be anxious for nothing. That means don't worry about things. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He's saying, you don't worry about it. You give me these things. You pray. You bring your petitions to me. But don't just bring petitions. Do it with thanksgiving. And he said, I will take care of your needs. And let me tell you, God will. God will. But we need to do it with a thankful heart. Now, many of you know the name Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists who's ever lived. But by Billy's side through all of those years was his precious wife, Ruth Bell Graham. Uh, she had a family of, of boys, of kids, boys and girls. And, and during a time period when they were teenagers and young adults, they rebelled against their parents and against the Lord. And Ruth constantly worried about them. One night while abroad, she awoke suddenly in the middle of the night, worried about one of her sons. She said, a current of worry surged through my body like an electric shock. She lay in bed and tried to pray, but she suffered from galloping anxiety, one fear piling up on top of another. She looked at the clock, and it was 3 o'clock in the morning. She was absolutely exhausted, but she knew she would not be able to go back to sleep. And suddenly, it was as if the Lord said to her, quit studying the problems and start studying the promises. And so she got out of bed, turned on a light, opened her Bible. And guess where it opened to? <laughs> Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. And as she read those words, she suddenly realized that the missing ingredient in her prayer and petition had been thanksgiving. 
Because the verse says, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. And so she put down her Bible and she started worshiping God and thanking him for who he was and for all the things that he had done. And later she wrote this about that experience. She said, I began to thank God for giving me this child that I love so dearly in the first place. I even gave thanks and praise to God for the difficult times that I've had to go through that has taught me so much. And then she asked, you know what happened next? It was as if someone turned on the light in my mind and heart. And the little fears and worries that had been nibbling away in the darkness like mice ran for cover. That's when I learned, and get this, that's when I learned that worship and worry cannot abide in the same heart. They are mutually exclusive. So church, thanksgiving is the opposite to and the corrective for disgruntlement, discontent, worry, and anxiety. But here's the question. Is this just an irrational, head-in-the-sand response to life? Does it really make sense for me to be thankful when it is my child that is rebelling? Does it make sense for me to be thankful when my health is eroding? What about financial problems? Can I really be thankful when I'm broke? That brings me to my second point. Thanksgiving is not only restoration to the soul, but number two, thanksgiving is rational to the mind. Let me say it like this. Thanksgiving, giving thanks to God, is logical. It is thoughtful. It is sane. It is sensible. It's not a matter of just wishful thinking, but of clear and straightforward thinking. I want you to notice two things about our key verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. First of all, notice this verse does not say, for everything, give thanks. The word for is not in there. The Lord isn't telling us to be thankful for the cancer or for the rebellion or for the tragedy. It's not the preposition for. No, it is the preposition in all things. In the midst of all things, we still have a basis for our thanksgiving. And that brings me to the second thing. That basis of thanksgiving is found in the overcoming, overarching, overruling will of God. Look at the verse again. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, there are two ways that you can interpret that. It might mean... It is God's will for you to give thanks. That makes sense, doesn't it? It's God's will for you to give thanks. Or it might mean you can give thanks 
for all things because those things represent the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, technically, as a matter of biblical exegesis, only one of those interpretations is correct. But you know what? In practical terms, both of those statements are true in terms of their application and their implications. It is God's will for me to give thanks in all things. Let me hear an amen from you. It is God's will for us to give thanks in every circumstance in life. Why? Because God is turning every circumstance in our lives into our good, and he is using those things to fulfill his good, acceptable, and perfect will in our life. Really, this verse could be considered the flip side of Romans 8.28, just like a coin has two sides to it. Every promise in the Bible has a flip side to it. There is the command side, and there is the promise side. Let's look at the promise side. It is Romans 8.28. You know this verse. For we know that God works all things for good for those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. We know that, don't we? Do you know that Bible promise? Do you believe it? That even in the midst of my mess, even when my world is crumbling and falling apart, the same God that spoke a word and this world came into existence, the same God that out of mud created man, the same God who has brought me through every valley and across every mountain, this same God is working in my life. And he has the power to take all of this that is crumbling, all of these circumstances that I can't control, and work them for good. That's a great promise. Let me tell you, it applies to his children. You've got to be a child of God for that to apply. But do you believe that promise? That's the promise side. What's the flip side? Well, it's the command side. It's our verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything... Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So I make it a choice. In every circumstance, I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to praise him because I know that my, I know that my God is bigger than my problem. And I know if I just keep praising him and thanking him, he's going to turn that problem into a blessing. It's the same thing that uh, William Law, the 18th century Christian writer, wrote years ago. He said, if anyone would tell you the shortest, surest way to all happiness and all perfection, he must tell you to make it a rule to yourself to thank God and to praise God for everything that happens to you. For it is certain that whatever seeming calamity that happens to you, if you thank God and you praise God for it, God is going to turn it into a blessing. <laughs> Woo, come on, church. And he can do that. You know what I call this? The reversing effect of redemption. And only God can pull that one off. 
Let me tell you what Satan did when he came into this world. Satan brought sin into this world. And with sin there is pain and death and darkness. But when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on Calvary's cross and shed his blood as remission for our sin and rose from the grave, he triggered a reversal of fortunes. And out of sin came forgiveness. Out of death came life. Out of the tomb came the resurrection. Out of despair came hope. Out of sorrow came joy. Out of pain came praise. And out of darkness came the light of God. (laughs) Wow. And when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we receive Him as Savior and Lord of our life, and we love Him, and we become the called according to His purpose, we are redeemed. And we have this unfailing promise from God Almighty. We have God's written guarantee that all of our situations and all of our circumstances in life will be reversed as needed. And that all things will work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. And because of that church, because of that, It is rational, and it is sensible, and it is logical for us to be thankful in all things. Because it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. (laughs) This young man was really proud of himself. He had just graduated from college, and he had taken the CPA exam and passed with flying colors. And now he was a certified public accountant. He went back home to see his family and, and met with his father. His, his dad had been an immigrant in the United, into the United States and, and now owned his own little business. The son came into his father's little shop and, I mean, he was, he was filled with self-pride. He was, he, was, he, was, he was strutting around like a little banny rooster, man. He was, he was so proud of himself. And he said, Daddy... I don't even know how much money you've made. I mean, your accounts receivable are over there in that drawer, and all your bills are over here in this drawer, and what little cash you have is in the cash register. He said, Daddy, you, you, Dad, you don't even know how much money you've made. And the father said, Son, sit down. Let me tell you something. He said, Years ago, I came into this country as an immigrant, and the only thing I owned was the pair of pants I was wearing. I worked hard and became a citizen of the United States. I met your mother. We got married. We had three children. And now your oldest brother is a doctor. Your sister is an art teacher. And you're a certified public accountant. He said, your mama and I own a little house. We have a car. And we own this little business. He said, son, you add all of that up. And subtract the pants. (laughs) And all the rest is profit. Church, I double dog dare you. That's the good one, isn't it, Angie? If you get get a double dog dare, you got to do it, man. 
I double dog dare you to add it up. You add it up in your own life. You came into this world with absolutely nothing except the eternal soul that God gave you. Everything else is pure profit. And you know where it came from? Gracious hand of God. You can never, ever thank Him enough. So what in the cat hair are you doing <laughs> sitting back there in that pew, soaking it up, getting a little sour in your own discontentment when you need to be down here giving thanks to